You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at The Preppy Podcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson on Instagram. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. I am so happy you're here. Um, Sorry that we didn't have an episode last week. We had so many storms here, lost power for a couple of days, so it just was not happening. Uh, But I'm happy to be back this week, and I have a really exciting guest. I have Katie from Stripes and Whimsy. She is an influencer that I've been following for many years and who has inspired so many of my home decor and furniture DIY projects. Uh, So it's really exciting to talk about her. She has uh, a very unique journey, I would say, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's get into the interview with Katie. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Katie Vale. I am, I guess, an influencer. I started blogging um, about 10 years ago. It originally had a separate, a different name. used to be called Life with a Dash of Whimsy, which I then realized was incredibly wordy and no one could remember it. Um, So eventually I had a rebrand. So now I'm Stripes and Whimsy. Um, I live in Arlington, Virginia. We moved here in 2020. So I'm originally from the Atlanta area, uh, just east of Atlanta. It's a little town called Conyers. And um, yeah, we I've, I was in the military. We So we moved around a lot. And then I was a, an army spouse uh, once I got out. And so we moved here from Hawaii um, in 2020. So this is definitely, this is home for us. And it is kind of surreal that we've finally put down roots after being military nomads for a very long time. Yeah. I feel like, and I have followed you along that journey. We were talking about this, like probably 10 years ago is when I started following you. And I know. um, And that's when I started following you. (laughs) Yeah. And keeping up. And so I've, I've seen all the houses and how you decorate them. And um, I've been loving watching your journey. So I'm really excited to share your story then with all of my listeners. Thank you. I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So I always start at the beginning. So I'm curious about you as a kid. What was it like growing up? Were you someone that was creative or entrepreneurial? Tell me about your childhood. Um, I honestly, I don't know if I would consider myself either of those, truthfully. Um, I was a, so I grew up, I was an army brat. That means my, my, one of my parents was in the military. My dad was an army officer. Um, and both of my parents were army brats also. So that's just, that just kind of sets the stage for, you know, the, this, the lifestyle that we lived, you know, moving around a good bit and, um, you know, just kind of learning to bloom where you're planted and, and make the most of the time, you know, uh, that you have in a place. So anyway, I, we, I grew up in Georgia. I was very 
outdoorsy, but I was an incredibly big girly girl. So I was like a girly girl tomboy a bit. Um, So I was wearing my, you know, shiny patent leather shoes and tights and a pretty dress, but I was climbing trees and playing in the mud uh, while doing that. So um, I, that was, I don't know, that was really my life. I played outside all the time. I played soccer, um, was on the swim team. I was just always very active. Um, as far as creativity goes, I mean, I, I think I, I've been creative in kind of not the traditional sense in that, like, I have the worst handwriting. I cannot draw. <laughs> I, I hate when I have to color with my kids because I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what to draw right now. Um, and so my mind doesn't really work that way. And I think even as a kid, I wasn't crazy about that side of things, but I've always been very into decorating. Um, you know, I, I would rearrange my room. I would, um, I had very strong opinions about what our, what the paint colors would be and the decor. And, um, and I've always loved clothing as well. Um, I actually, I found my, my parents moved out of the house that I grew up in a couple of years ago. And I went back to help them, you know, just kind of weed through 27 years worth of stuff. Um, and I found a notebook in my old room and it was a notebook of like, I, and I actually drew, which is weird. Um, but I, I was drawing my outfit plans for like once school started. And so I, it was like little Abercrombie, you know, polo shirt that's pink and green. Um, and, and I even had planned my brother's outfits, my little brother's outfits. Um, so I've always, I've always really been interested in that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah. That makes sense. It sounds like, you know, you might not have been creative in a traditional sense of how you think of the word. But I think, I mean, just from knowing you on Instagram and everything more, maybe solutions or organizational creativity, if that makes yes. sense. Like that, that how you build, <laughs> yeah, like your, um, the little China shelf that you had built. Like, I feel like that's creative, but it's like solutions creative, if that makes sense right. in any way. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, yes. Thank you for phrasing it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I now, um, yeah, I like when I see a problem or, you know, I see potential in something, um, like I've done a lot of furniture, uh, makeovers and yeah. things like that. Um, and I just recently built a, uh, like a plate rack in our kitchen that, because I just saw this blank space and I was like, this space can be used. I know it can, it can be used better. And so finally I was like, I'm just going to do it. Um, and so I think maybe that's part, that's part of my personality is not being afraid to just give something a shot. And, yeah. you know, you just kind of learn as you go. Exactly. So now I'm curious, um, where and what did you study? I know, you know, your path's a little bit different, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I went to West Point, which is the United States Military Academy. Um, and I, so my, my dad went to West Point. He, he was a 78 grad. And so we grew up, my dad was in the army. We lived, I was born on an army post. We like moved around a, a good bit, mostly in Georgia, oddly enough. And that happens to be where both my parents' families are from. Um, but we, he, I never had any interest in being in the military. Mm -hmm. Um, We would, when we lived on Fort Fort Benning, um, 
which is down there in Georgia. It's like the home of the infantry. Um, we, they would dress up my brother in, you know, a little mini army uniform. Mm -hmm. And I had zero interest in any of that. And so I just kind of did my own thing, but my dad very wisely, um, he, he knew that he, he knew that I would be a good fit without mm -hmm. me knowing it. And he, but he didn't, he didn't push it, but he mm -hmm. made sure that if, when it came time for me to make my decision, he made sure that I had, you know, done all the things that I needed to do to be able to go to West Point if I so chose. Um, so and what were so, some of those sorts of things that you'd have to do? So, uh, I mean, he was very, very firm on getting good grades. Um, okay. Like a, a B was not acceptable. <laughs> um, and so he, he pushed me and he, I mean, he, he, he knew that, that he knew what was, he knew what was best, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, we, we bumped heads a good bit, um, especially in high school when it came to AP classes and that sort of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so, and also, you know, extracurricular stuff, being involved um, in different things. And then athletics was a really big part of it as well. So I, I always was very active. I, I was on the cross country team. I was on the soccer team. I was varsity all four years. Like, so, so getting, earning those letters, being team captain, all that sort of stuff. Those are all kind of feathers in your hat that you need to get into West Point. Okay. Um, and so when the time came, I was a senior in high school. Um, my dad said, and I fully planned on going to like university of Georgia, um, and doing sorority life or something like that. And he said, okay, we're going to go, we'll go up to West Point, which is, um, it, it's, it's in New York. So you fly into New York city and it's up the Hudson river. And so he was like, okay, well, we will, we will go up there. We'll do a Broadway show. We'll spend some time in the city. We'll go. You can visit West Point. We'll have a good trip. If you say there's a 1% chance you'll go or 1% chance you're interested. And I was like, okay, like crossing my fingers behind my back. Sure. 1%. <laughs> got it done. Um, so we went up there. My, um, my, I think my mom, dad, and I did maybe my brother too. Actually. Yeah. My brother did too. Um, he's three years younger than I am. And so we went up there and, did a tour. I shadowed a cadet and, um, like went to the classes and I mean, it, it's, everything is disciplined. You're wearing every, you wear a uniform all day, every day you have military jobs in addition to a very heavy engineering based academic load. Um, so I did, I did this tour, it, it but what also probably kind of helped a tiny bit, um, was that, West Point kind of looked like looks like Hogwarts, um, and that like the first Harry Potter movie had come out like not long before that. So I was like, oh, it looks like Hogwarts. Um, so anyway, I was like, okay, one percent chance. I wore a hot pink pea coat. I was determined to not like look anything like a cadet or or you know like someone that would want to go there. Um, did the tour, and then i had this feeling in my heart after that that you know what this is where i'm supposed to go i cried the entire plane ride home because it was it was just such a, a incredibly large pivot that my life was about to take i mean and i hadn't even gotten in yet i hadn't even applied yet um but i was like you know what 
this is where I'm supposed to go. It, they, you know, they, they expect a lot from you academically, physically, militarily, you know, upstanding morals, everything like that. And I, I just, it was where I was supposed to go. So then you have to go through the application process, which includes, you know, um, being physically able to go, um, you have to pass a, you know, medical exam, you have to have, um, nominations from your, uh, congressman. So, yeah, so there, it's just, it's a very long, tedious application process. My, my dad says that he put, he, he had already retired from the army at that point and he was a real estate broker. He said that for a full month, he was like my campaign manager (laughs) doing all the things to like all the paper, like behind the scenes stuff, like, you know, going back and forth with the congressional office, um, to get them what they needed for my interview and, and everything. And so he, he was my campaign manager to, <laughs> to, to keep everything in line before, uh, before getting in. So I got in and, and, and I went and it was the most humbling experience of my life. Um, just, you know, you, you go from kind of being the top of your class in high school to suddenly being very mo- mediocre at best, wow. um, compared to all these really smart athletic kids. Um, but I, I loved it. It was a, it was a great experience. I learned so much. I grew so much. I was challenged. Um, I was on the rugby team, which always surprises people when they find out. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was great. So after you go to West Point, um, you, so it's, it's free. It, um, you're actually paid to go there a, a little stipend, but, um, in return, you owe five years, at least five years on active duty. Um, okay. And you Army. go to West Point for four years. You go to four years. Yeah. Okay. It, so it's an engineering school. Um, okay. And so it's it's very, it, you, you have you have a major, but you really don't get into your major a whole lot because the, the core course load is so heavy and it's all very engineering based. And so even if you choose something that's not an engineering major, you're still taking you have to choose an engineering um, like track mm-hmm. to still take engineering classes in. So I majored in human geography. That was one of the uh, not as challenging majors, and um, the the department was fun. Like it, there were some some kind of neat trips that you could go on, um, and I don't know that the, the professors were were great, and I just did not have an engineering. I didn't think I really had an engineering mind. Um, okay. as, like I didn't want to be a chemical or nuclear engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, yeah, so I did that. And then environmental engineering was the, the engineering track that I had. Um, but really when you go to a service academy, um, the other ones are Air Force Academy and, and Annapolis, the Naval Academy um, and, and Merchant Marines. But the, you, you, you're choosing a major, but honestly, you're going to go be, you're going to go serve afterwards. And most likely you will not be actually using that degree um, okay. because you, you know, just kind of fill the, the needs of the army. Um, so that those were my majors. I have done absolutely nothing with those <laughs> since then. Um, in retrospect, I wish I would have chosen business. Um, oh. That would have been helpful. That was an option. It, it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, that would have been helpful. Um, 
But, uh, and then, so I, once I graduated, I was a second Lieutenant in the army and I, uh, was a human resources officer. So the, the branch is called adjutant general Corps. So I was, um, basically doing HR for the military. So you go to a couple different schools and then you move on to wherever you were assigned. And, um, my first assignment was in Hawaii with the 25th infantry division. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for your service. And I think everyone listening to this too, your story and your journey is so interesting and different, but then also there's similarities to people that I've interviewed on here, you know, with being like, oh, I should have chosen this major instead. (laughs) Or, um, you know, I thought I'd go here, but then like my parents went to this school and then, you know, I actually ended up choosing that when I growing up didn't think so. So there's a lot of similarities, but there is so much difference too. So I'm just fascinated, you know, learning so much listening to you. Um, so I'd love if, you know, you shared then a little bit more of your experience then serving and um, sort of some of the experiences and lessons and how they helped you today where you are. And then we can get into your blog. Okay. Um, so I was assigned to a brigade combat team. So this I graduated from West Point in 2009. Um, and so the war on terror was still very much, you know, it was, it was a really big time. Like we graduated and knew without a doubt that we would be like all 1200 of us or about a thousand of us that graduated in my class. Um, we all knew and fully expected to be going to Iraq or Afghanistan within the first two years of graduation. Um, and that was, I mean, it, it, I guess at that point it was kind of like a rite of passage. You, 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 you did all this training, military training, you went through years of schooling and leadership training. Um, and you, you wanted to go, you wanted to serve, you wanted to do your part. Um, you know, even me, um, that, and so I was assigned to Hawaii, uh, Schofield barracks and, I was, so the way an infantry brigade works is that you, you kind of deploy, I don't have the right numbers off the top of my head, but it may be like 3,700 people total will go all together, um, to a combat theater. And it includes a couple infantry battalions, um, like field artillery, the logistics side, um, medical side, all that sort of stuff. Um, you, so you basically should be able to support yourself when you deploy um, and kind of fill all the needs. And so I was the human resources officer for the logistics battalion. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, managing all their paperwork, man- you know, making sure their pay was right, making sure, um, you know, all of their family paperwork was right, um, awards, mail, uh, anything that kind of fell in the human resources aspect, evaluations, stuff like that. Um, and then with the military, you move around a lot. So we were also the ones that managed that sort of stuff. So anyway, we, um, I actually, I, while I was a cadet, I met my, um, late husband, Dimitri, we were, we were West Point classmates and he and I, we had a little, we had started dating in 2006 and, um, 
after we graduated, he was infantry and he went on to ranger school and um, eventually was able to join me in Hawaii. And we were just dating at the time still. And then he proposed, we knew we were deploying. Um, and then we did a little, we just, we didn't have the time. I mean, once you find out you're deploying, you have maybe nine months to gear up for that. Wow. And so that there wasn't time to plan a big wedding. And um, so we did a little courthouse ceremony. We didn't want anyone to know um, other than our, our families. And um, that was more, so the military is very, um, you know, it's like, it's very black or white. You're either married or you're single. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just for precaution, if, you know, if anything happened to either of us while we were deployed, um, the other one would be able to leave and, and like support us or be there or things like that. And so if I, so we did this courthouse ceremony, um, in December of 2010, we deployed to Afghanistan in April of 2011. Wow. Um, and we, um, so we were, we were both there in like the, the eastern part of Afghanistan, kind of near Pakistan. Um, and I was on like a larger installation um, that had an airfield where planes could cut smaller or C-130s, like smaller airplane could kind of come in and out of. And he was up in the mountains and because he was an infantry guy um, on patrols and stuff like that. So we we were able to see each other a couple times. I was able to to like beg my boss to let me find a helicopter I could ride on (laughs) to go over to where he was and on his birthday, which was in June, like early June of that year and his 24th birthday. And I was able to like scrounge together, you know, those like, uh, at just add water cakes, you know, that, that you then microwave in a mug. Um, I was able to find one of those at our little shop there. And then I borrowed a, a pillar can or a taper candle from our chaplain from the church there. And then, um, somehow someone in my office had decorations. So I was able to like throw a little birthday party for him, <laughs> so cute. see him for like two hours. And then, um, then I left and then he was killed about three weeks later. Um, oh yeah. I'm so <laughs> so sorry, that Katie. was, that was the last, last time I saw him. Sorry. I knew I'd get emotional. Um, no, of course. but yeah, so I, have that very unique perspective, um, of being like, I I was widowed at age 24. Um, and so after that happened, thankful he was, he was killed by a sniper while they were on a a big mission. And, um, you know, thankfully we had done that, that courthouse ceremony. So we were married technically. Um, and I was able to leave Afghanistan. If we hadn't done that, I would have been, I would have had to continue working, you know, we were there, we were supposed to be there for a year. Wow. Um, and so I was able to, to go back and, you know, mourn with my family Mm -hmm. and his family. And, and, you know, suddenly I was a 24 year old planning a funeral. Um, and so anyway, it's, it's been a long path and I, I mean, I cover some of that stuff on my, on my blog and Instagram, um, especially, you know, on the anniversaries and stuff. I, I don't want that to be my focus and I don't want that to be why people follow me. Um, because I don't, you know, I, there's so much, I have found so much life and joy after 
sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is, it's a big part of my story and always will be. So, well, I'm so sorry, first of all, Katie. And I have to say, I always admired you because you've been so open and sharing. And I think a lot of people, you know, don't know anyone personally who's maybe served or maybe, you know, they're, they're far off and you've always just shared your journey. And also, um, I think it's so cool that you're still so you, um, with everything. And, you know, like you just said, there's so much happiness and joy and, you know, you have two wonderful kids. Is two now or do you have I have three. I have three. You have three? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, two. Yeah. <laughs> three kids and yeah. you're married. So let's talk a little bit about where you are now and then your okay. blog. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, when I got back from Afghanistan, I, di- I didn't have to go back, thankfully. So I did about three months there. And then I was, you know, suddenly you have the rug pulled out from under you. It's like, well, what do I, you know, you're, you're, you have nothing, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a very weird place to be. So you suddenly, it's like, well, there's nowhere but up. Um, and I was like, well, what do I do with all my time now? How do I process this grief? How do I, you know, all of that. So I started running, um, training for a marathon. I, had a friend that I met that her husband was still deployed. And I went over to her house and I could tell immediately, I was like, oh, this girl needs some help decorating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I had helped, I had like convinced her. I was like, give me like, hand over like $400 and I will buy you some of the things that you need. You know, it was like, we were on, we were living on Oahu um, where back in, you know, 12 years ago, there, there were not a whole lot of stores they've improved their store selections now, but it was like TJ Maxx, Ross or Target. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to rearrange your house and it's going to be so much better. So I went and, and so she, she trusted me. And so I, I like did this little mini makeover for her. Um, and then I ended up doing one of her friends' houses um, that they were, we were all military spouses and, uh-huh. and, and, you know, that's such a unique part of the military is that you move, you're there one to three years, sometimes more, normally one to three years, and then you move somewhere else. And so you are constantly having to figure out how do I make this space home? Um, and so I, I did that and it, that was like the early days of Pinterest. So I was obsessed with Pinterest and, um, I didn't fully understand like that these photos were coming from blogs. Like that took me a while to kind of figure (laughs) out. Um, but my friend that I decorated her home, her mom, I met her mom, she came to visit and she was like, you know, you should think about starting a blog. And I was like, well, that, uh, okay, sure. So I, I, but I just kind of disregarded it. And then, um, like a couple years pass in 2014, I was, or sorry, 2013, I was assigned to the Pentagon, um, as my, my job in the army. And so I was living in Arlington, Virginia, which uh, like about four miles from where I live now. Um, and we, I just, I was still very into Pinterest and decorating and I had this really cool apartment, like a loft apartment type thing. And I decorated it and I was really proud of how, how I had done it. And so 
from Pinterest, I had learned about the Every Girl yep. and their home tours. I realized I had pinned a lot of their home tours and I saw that they had opened it up to to submit your home. So I, I sent them some photos, like terribly taken photos, um, like at, at nighttime after work. So <laughs> they were they were like not good photos. Um, so I, I submitted them and they they after a couple of weeks, they, they were like, we would love to do a feature on your home and you, because I had included a little bit of, about what, you know, my past and mm-hmm. just kind of, kind of, I, I kind of just have a weird background for someone who's kind of in a, in the creative world. So, um, so they ran this, they ran a home tour for me on me with a big interview, um, in, at the beginning of 2014. And because I knew that they always linked to that per like whoever they were featuring they always linked to their blog i was like well i guess now's t- now's the time to start that blog yeah. um so i started it a couple months before that home tour went live um and i remember my first blog i think one of my very first blog posts was about um like how to spray paint this ceramic owl votive holder um <laughs> to make it look prettier. And and I was like, I was afraid to use spray paint. And, and so I've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I was like handing it to Tom, um, my husband now, and uh, we were still dating at the time. But so he basically did my first DIY project on the blog. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I, after, I guess to backtrack a little bit, after, um, after I got back from Afghanistan, I was assigned to a different unit, still there on Oahu. Um, and through work, I ended up meeting Tom, okay, my my now husband. So he and I have been married almost nine years. Um, he was an army bomb tech. So he did, um, like, you know, if you think about the movie, The Hurt Locker, that's what he did in oh, wow. Iraq uh, for 15 months, taking apart, wow. you know, diffusing bombs, um, that sort of stuff. So he, yeah, he, um, he is a brave man, but he retired from the army a couple years ago. And so now he, he still works for the army in that capacity, but at the Mm -hmm. Pentagon. So like policy level. Um, but anyway, we have three children now together and, um, they are three, five and seven. So Jack is the oldest. He's seven and then two girls. I love that. And the every girl's how I I think I initially started following you back in the day was through that feature. That was like, you know, the must It, it went pretty viral, honestly. Yeah. Like as far as like You had like a pink chair or couch yes. or something, right? I think yeah. that's what like, pink, yeah, drew me to it. Back chair. Yeah, they are yeah. blue now. I still have the chairs, but I've had them reupholstered. <laughs> yes, wait. And that's what inspired me to cover my pink wing, yes. wing back chairs yes. that I got from my grandparents. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's so funny. And actually, you've inspired a couple projects. I think I've messaged you before, like years ago when I yeah, first bought yeah. my house too about spray painting bamboo furniture and like yes. all of that. And I've watched your, you know, blog posts and um, videos and all of that. So you <laughs> definitely have inspired some projects around my house too. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> your your house is so fun. Oh, thank you. So how would you describe your blog um, today versus when you started? Like, what are you posting about there? And even like now there's Instagram, so you're posting there. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what people can find there today and also how you think it's changed over the years. So I started out, um, you know, very much how to make this 
you know, a part, you know, for, for a young 20 something or for a military family that is, you know, you're in a place, an apartment or maybe a home that, you know, you're not going to be in forever, but how can you make it yours? Um, just little, you know, decorating tips and things like that. So not big, you know, big renovation type things. Um, but that sort of stuff. And I was also doing some fashion stuff then I did write a couple posts on, you know, on grief and how running helped me through that and um, things like that. But I think the, I guess the bread and butter has always been decorating and fashion. And then as I've added more and more children (laughs) um, (laughs) that, you know, we've kind of, it's kind of pivoted. And it was always, honestly, the blog was really just a hobby. It started making a little money, um, mostly because I was able to do people found me for some freelance work. So I did some writing, um, freelance writing, um, through, through, because they found my blog. And Mm -hmm. so, but really it, it was really mostly just kind of hobby that I stubbornly stuck with, um, through the years, but probably about three years ago was when it, when it really turned into a full-time job. Um, so anyway, it has it has morphed a bit, you know. Now now there's more some more motherhood content. I as my kids are getting older, I mean my my son is about to start second grade, and you know I'm I'm having to now kind of navigate like how do I allow them, you know, the privacy, you know, yeah, maybe they hard. don't want their everything shared. So you know I I'm trying to be more discerning with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of like one of my big blog posts that. I've gotten reached out to about is, you know, kind of how we navigated my son's speech delay when he was, Mm -hmm. you know, from one, two, three, four. Um, You'd never know it now, but we like, it was a severe speech delay. And so, you know, just navigating early intervention and, um, you know, our experience getting tubes in his ears and, and just all of that. And so I've had people like, that's one that people still consistently will reach out to me about. Um, so, you know, I, so now I cover like a variety of motherhood stuff, but really my, and then I guess the decorating stuff kind of took a back burner just because those posts are, take longer to put together. Yeah. Um, whereas like you still have to get dressed every day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of what I share on Instagram is, um, I might share the decorating stuff too, but my my life is very much like, how do I come up with classic, practical, pulled together mom outfits um, that are not like frumpy or not, you know, that are just, you can wear and feel good while you're chasing kids around and look cute. But, you know, so, you know, one of the questions I get asked a lot is which bike shorts do I wear under my dresses? Because I realized that I was always putting bike shorts under my girls' dresses Um Cause they're, you know, they're little kids and they're running mm-hmm. around and playing on the playground. And then I, I was like, wait a minute, why am I not wearing bike shorts under my <laughs> dresses? So I have like my favorite bike shorts I wear under dress, you know, just little tips like that. Um, and yeah, I don't even remember what you asked. No, that's <laughs> good. Everything from pink chairs to raising kids. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I'm a big thrifter, so how to make your home uniquely yours. It doesn't have to cost a lot. How to make it kid-friendly, but maybe doesn't even necessarily look kid-friendly because you've chosen a durable fabric or, you know, it, I, I feel like 
especially a lot of maybe military families or people that have young children, you know, they, they feel like as far as home decor goes, like, well, you know, we're going to be moving around. We might as well just get this Ikea dresser or whatever. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to buy anything nice and just wait, um, wait until we're not moving anymore. Wait until our children are older, but I've learned, and I learned this through watching my, my mom and my, my grandmothers Mm -hmm. who were military spouses that, I mean, my parents were each one of four children. Um, and, but they, they're, they were raised in homes that had beautiful antiques, you know, that they had gotten in Germany when they lived there, when my mom was a baby. Um, and so I realized, you know, if you buy quality pieces, um, and really honestly, nowadays, like the best way to find a quality piece is to look on Facebook marketplace or go to a thrift store or, mm-hmm. um, you know, get a piece that's solidly made. And that is what will last you when you're moving around versus an Ikea, Ikea, um, dresser, because those are no, going to last so maybe true. one move. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, and so I've kind of morphed into, you know, just lots of thrifting, uh, furniture DIYs, um, stuff like that. That's always kind of been what I do, but um, you found yeah, some I good love- pieces over the years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the majority, the bulk of our house is, is all secondhand and you, you probably, you'd never really know it. Um, Mm-mm. but, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm kind of too cheap for antique stores. So it's all like thrift stores <laughs> or, <laughs> um, Facebook marketplace or, or things like that. So yeah. I, I, if you're, cons- and, and I know you love secondhand stuff too. Um, but it, like, if you're consistent with, you know, making the rounds at your local thrift stores on like Mondays. Um, that's cause I feel like people make their donations on the weekends yeah, and then the good stuff out. is, is listed like at the beginning of the week. Um, you never know what you're going to find and you will find something eventually. So yeah, that's a yeah. great tip. Go check them out on Mondays. <laughs> yes. Now in terms of your audience and followers, um, how have you grown that and sort of found your niche? Like any, any tips for anyone listening, whether they have a blog or, or a brand, like uh, tell me a little bit about finding like your, um, your, your group online. Um, oh gosh. And I've been the slowest grower ever. Um, but I honestly, I, I think that maybe part of that is I, I, I may not have a huge following. I'm like almost at 20,000. So that's not, a crazy ton in the grand scheme of things, but, um, but I have a very loyal following mm-hmm. and I think making sure that you are your authentic self, mm-hmm. um, don't feel like that you have to be someone else that you're, you know, that you're trying to put out into the world. Uh, it's so much easier when you're just yourself. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it draws, I think it draws people to you and it, it makes people feel like they're actually having a connection with you. If you, you know, can show a vulnerable side when appropriate or, you know, mention the struggles that you have on occasion. I mean, people don't want to feed. That's all just like all struggles, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, to but be the able realness. to, right. The realness. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think that just being real is so important, um, especially in the, you know, this age of, of social media. Um, it, it really helps build trust and that helps build loyal followers. Um, I think being like, 
if you're able to be shared by other larger accounts, that always helps, yeah. you know, accounts that you identify with or, you know, really like. So, you know, whether it's using hashtags for the brands that you like or um, consistently tagging, you know, even if it's just a small business, you know, even, you know, if you're, if you love a, a brand that, heck, if they only have 500 followers, they will probably share you. And those 500 people might not be people that already follow you anyway. So, you know, ta you know, sharing who it is that you are wearing, even if you're not going to make money off of it, it's just the, the exposure, um, can always be beneficial. Um, and that's how, I mean, you know, that's, that's how, that's how we always find how you find other people on Instagram is you follow someone and then they share someone else. And you're like, Oh, I really identify with that person's style or point of view or whatever. Um, so I think that, 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 that's always helpful as well. Oh, that's a great tip. And I feel like it's refreshing. There's so many new influencers who are all about just like seeing the money versus the mm -hmm. relationships or like, you know, the, the audience, like there's other things out there to gain. Right. Um, yes. and I feel like that's like the OG bloggers in us from doing <laughs> it for so long, that that's how, that's yeah. how it was back then. And that's what, yeah. what there was joy in it too, with that. Um, right. which I don't necessarily think it's always the case anymore with some people. So right, for sure. I definitely agree. What's your greatest challenge, like in terms of, um, you know, like business? Um, I, so, so I, for a long time, I, I think making the transition from this being a hobby and me being like a, a micro influencer mm -hmm. to making the shift to, you know what, this, I'm putting work into this, this can be a job. Like mm -hmm. that, that mindset shift was very hard for me. I was very apologetic about it at first when I first started using like LTK mm -hmm. um, or trying to direct people that way, you know, before I hit 10,000 and could do a swipe up. Like, but, um, and so that, that was hard, but I, it, and then I also, I hired an accountant around the same time. Mm -hmm. And that my wonderful accountant, um, he, he focuses on small businesses. So if there are okay. small business owners out there looking for a wonderful accountant, uh, to follow, he does great social media stuff too. His name's Rocco oh. Tundo. Um, and he, so I, I, a friend recommended him. So I reached out to him. He helped me get all my business side of things, like all those ducks in a row, which that part had really intimidated me you know, business license, you know, yeah, that's forming right. an LLC, all that sort of stuff that, so I kind of had not been doing it that way. Um, and I knew <laughs> I need to, so I couldn't really, you know, you can't really scale up if you don't have your like foundation set. Mm -hmm. Um, so he helped me do all of that. And, and then that gave me the confidence and legitimacy to be like, you know what? I can make this my full-time job. I can still be home with my children. This can be a full-time job. And it's like, I mean, what an amazing opportunity we have this day and age, like where you can, you really can work full-time or, you know, make full-time money while being home yeah. and like raising your children. Um, if, you know, if, if that's the phase of life you're in or something you want to do. Um, and so once I, you know, hiring the accountant and getting all my business stuff and, and deciding, you know what, it is okay that this is my job. I don't have to be apologetic about this 
people will understand everyone needs to make money. (laughs) Um, And so just kind of embracing that this is my job. Um, That was a big challenge, but um, like, I'm so glad I kind of got over that, that mindset. I think a lot of people, regardless if they're bloggers or, um, you know, own brands or businesses, it's that imposter syndrome and everyone experiences it for sure at some point. Yes, definitely. What about a pinch me moment? Like, was there a fun collab you got to do or like, what's been a really exciting thing? Um, well, last year I had a partnership, a year long partnership with Lowe's, um, which was very cool because we, you know, after moving around, have, I mean, we lived over the course from 2009 until 2020. So 11 years I lived in Hawaii, Afghanistan, South Carolina, um, Oklahoma for a little bit at the beginning of that, um, Virginia, Maryland, Kansas, uh, yeah, Kansas, and then back to Hawaii and then back to Virginia. So it it was like this, this, um, I mean, really just military nomadic lifestyle. Um, and so we finally bought our own home. We've always rented and we finally bought a home last year and it happened to coincide with this Lowe's partnership. And that was just so amazing because we bought this we bought a, a townhouse here in Arlington and um, it was brand new, but it was very builder grade. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my big focus now is how can I make, how can I upgrade builder, up, upgrade from builder grade? And mm-hmm. so this Lowe's partnership was like perfect timing um, where I was able to, you know, work with Lowe's to replace a pedestal sink, put in a vanity um, you know, decorate my son's bathroom, um, just kind of do all these things that, that was pretty cool. Um, I've worked with Walmart a few times, which I, I really love. I, so I'm, I'm very much a like high, low dresser. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, by high, I mean like J crew or Tucker (laughs) Nuck, not like crazy luxury high. Um, but you know, I just, I've always found some of my very favorite t-shirt tank tops, were from Walmart like four years ago, and I still wear them probably twice a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to have those partnerships, you know, because that's honestly my kids, they love that. Those are the clothes that they love. I will buy the nicest outfit, like the cutest preppy outfit that I desperately want my girls to wear. (laughs) And they, they like can sense that it's nice. And they're like, no, I want my Walmart $4 dress. (laughs) Um, So the fact that I've been able to like, you know, actually incorporate some sponsored content with companies that I actually already shop at, you know, that we're already big fans of that. That's always been, been fun. That's awesome. I Lowe's is like major. That's such a cool collab. Yeah. That, I don't even know how that came about, but I, I didn't ask any questions. I was yeah. like, yes, please. This sounds great. <laughs> um, so since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? Um, so I, I would say um, enduring, colorful. Um, you know, you look back at pictures of the 80s and, you know, there's still those Lacoste polos or, you know, yeah. it, it's these timeless styles. Um, and that's what I love them. I mean, that that's that's my big love is timeless mm-hmm. things, timeless classic pieces. Like if I can, if I can buy something 
now and wear it still, or, you know, I bought something 10 years ago and I'm still wearing it and getting asked questions about it. That is, you know, that that was a good piece to buy. Um, And I aim for everything in my, my wardrobe or my home to be along those lines. Um, Definitely not trendy. Um, So preppy, you know, just the timeless silhouettes, the cheerful pops of color. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's a great answer. Timeless and classic and colorful. Now, um, who would be like your style icon and then someone whose home you really look up to or enjoy? Um, I, so I have always been a very big fan of Kate Middleton as mm-hmm. far as style goes. Just, she just always looks so polished and chic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, I think in my Every Girl Home Tour, I had a similar question and I said Kate Middleton over 10 years ago. So so that is pretty consistent. Um, Actually, when I was pregnant with my son, I I had a dream that she and I were both pregnant at the same time and we were very good friends. Um, And actually, funny story, when I was in Afghanistan, that was when she and Prince William got married. And I was like, I have to watch this wedding, you guys. And, you know, I'm a female surrounded by men yeah. in a combat theater. And I was able to like go into this one office, which is normally supposed to be like monitoring, um, like monitoring missions and things like that. But I knew that they had access to um, like live stream the wedding. And I was like, can we please watch the wedding, the royal <laughs> wedding? Um, so I was able to successfully watch the royal wedding in Afghanistan. Oh my gosh. Well, um, if you ever meet her, you have to tell her that yes. story. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, she just, she always, she can do no wrong. Um, as far as her fashion goes, um, as far as home go, like style or yeah. home decor, um, my favorite design books that I just turn to time and time again, and I, I love to learn and study Um, And you can learn so much about decorating through design books, just Mm -hmm. kind of learning how things are done, like the size of a lampshade or skirting, you know, the effect of skirting a table or, you know, photo placement or mirror plate, you know, things like that. If you just study styles and vignettes and things like that. So anyway, Mark D. Sykes is one of my favorite designers. He loves blue and white. So that, that is like the way to my heart. Um, and then James T. Farmer is the other one. He's, he's from Georgia. Um, and he, he incorporates a lot of brown furniture, mm-hmm. um, which I am right now sitting at an antique, uh, secretary desk, um, which I found at a thrift store for $69 a couple months mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> um, but I just, I love, you know, incorporating old brown furniture into a home. And I, I think both of them can do no wrong there. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, what about your favorite style. vacation destination? Um, I am partial to Hawaii. Um, we So we lived on Oahu for six years, um, mm-hmm. three years the first time and then three years back when uh, the girls were actually born there. So we moved there when when Jack was, a ba- or was one. Um, and so we love Oahu. That's where we lived. Um, I think on Oahu there, you can, you can have the mountains, you can have the beautiful beaches, you can have city stuff. That's what you can't get on the other islands. Um, 
like you can feel like you're in a big town and there's all the history. Um, I just, if I had to choose one place in Hawaii, that would be um, Oahu. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, amazing. yeah, I, I know we're talking like right after the Maui fires and it, it's been crazy uh, watching that. Um, but I, I, I don't think I actually ever went to Lahaina, but it, it's just, it's a beautiful place if you can, can ever get to go. I do love Europe as well. Um, I grew up trapped my, cause my parents traveled a lot as children mm-hmm. and then their first year of marriage was in Berlin, um, before the wall came down with the military. Yeah. Um, and so they just, they have a real love of travel. Um, and so they, you know, made the decision that this was going to be a big part of our lives growing up as well. So, Germany, um, France, uh, Italy. Um, some of our, our best memories are, are from Tuscany. So, um, yeah, we, so we're getting to the point now where like my kids are finally, like we're finally, all the kids are out of diapers, (laughs) you know, like we're, we're getting to these milestones now. And I'm like, Tom, we need a trip. Like we need, we need to finally start traveling with them. And, you know, even if, if you're little and don't really remember it like you still will see the pictures and and you know they will my older two at least they're they're at the point now where they will be making those memories and I know that we need to start start doing that um for our family as well yeah that's so special so what's next for you anything you're working on or fun collabs (sighs) oh gosh honestly right now (laughs) it has been a very long summer my kids still have two more weeks um (laughs) And so they've been just home with me. And so right now I, I kind of closed out a number of the collaborations that I, that I had. Um, so I truly, I don't have anything on my calendar and I feel like it'll be a nice little breather. And then this is actually the first time I'll have two in elementary school. And then my youngest, instead of just like a little three hour a day day, uh, preschool, she's starting full-time daycare. Um, so this is like a new phase of motherhood for me that is going to open up in about two weeks and it's bittersweet, but I'm excited to truly have like business hours. You Mm -hmm. know, I feel like I've always, for the majority of my blogging and Instagram time, I've always had children at home and I, I feel like it's so easy to just have your phone in your hand all the time, especially with this line of work, you know, I, I'm like, well, you know, I could just snap this picture of what I'm wearing today and quickly upload that to LTK and then share that to Instagram. You know, it's so easy. So I'm, I'm really the next, I don't know, the next couple months, I'm going to really, my big goal is to be, you know, present with my job mm-hmm. during, you know, while they're at school and then be fully present with my children when they're home with me um, rather than just feeling like I'm doing a mediocre job at everything because I'm trying to do it all at the same time. Um, so that, that as far as personal life, that's kind of what's coming up, um, for me and yeah. And hopefully I can get my, my goal is to be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday blog post publisher. The blog posts have kind of, they have taken second priority just because, you know, those long form blog posts take so much more time than a, an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. And I love to write and furniture DIYs. Um, like I, I refinished, uh, two Jenny Lind beds for my girls. Mm. So that big blog post is one that I've 
started working on that I just have not been able to complete. Um, some more DIYs. I have a ton of house projects that I wanted to tackle. Um, and then all of that will be, um, will show up on the blog and Instagram. Oh, I can't wait to see those DIYs. Yeah. I'm excited. So my, my final question is where can people find you? Let them know your social media handle and your blog. All right. Um, so I am stripesandwhimsy.com. Uh, for my blog. And on Instagram, I'm Stripes and Whimsy. On Facebook, I'm also Stripes and Whimsy, but Instagram is the better place because I consistently post there more. Um, And on LTK, it's Stripes and Whimsy as well. Great. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Yeah. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.